I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. In a world permeated with barbecue websites under the control of tyrannical administrators, there was one man, a one-man army. He broke all the rules. He allowed his members to speak out, give their opinions, and make the website what it is today. Get ready for Greg Rempe and the Barbecue Central Show. From Cleveland, Ohio, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh, that's right. We are days away from the big Christmas holiday, so you know we're bumping in tonight, as YouTube is probably deucing in their proverbial pants as I am using copywritten music. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, might be getting ripped off as we speak because Run DMC is laying down Christmas in Hollis. And if that isn't enough, I'm about to make YouTube go completely bonkers when I switch out of Run DMC and then go to also my traditional Christmas time run, which you will see here in just a sec. But everybody loves Run DMC, of course. Of course. The best Christmas rap song ever made. I don't know if there's been other Christmas rap songs that have been made, but this is the best Christmas rap song that has been made, bar none. And I will not hear any arguments. And I am uh, warning you with peace and love. I'm warning you with peace and love. There are no better rap songs when it comes to Christmas than Christmas in Hollis. Now, I promised you something additional because it is the holiday season. So here we go. Of course. Here we are. Now, it's a little different than in years past because I had the green screen before I moved the show to New York City where I do it live every Tuesday night. But I'm now sharing with sharing with you the WPIX Yule Log. Our Christmas gift to you, the listener, who might be listening on WPIX Radio. Or simulcasting on WPIX Channel 11 in upstate New York, where I grew up. This would run on Christmas Eve for two hours. And this is fun and frivolity at its finest as you're wrapping gifts feverishly. Trying to get the kids off to bed and the like. Little warm fire for you to see. Thought we'd give it to you. Anyway... Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday night fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in this evening, you can do it with a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also do it through email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, where you can also sign up for the newsletter if you're so inclined right there towards the top. Just need an email. And that's it. You're signed up, and you'll get heads-up notice every Tuesday around noon, although I was late today. I beg your forgiveness. Here's what's happening coming up in about 11 minutes from now. The Pitmaster 
of Big Papa Smokers, the owner of the business Big Papa Smokers, the CEO of Ernie Ball Music, and longtime sponsor of this show, Sterling Ball rejoins to help us close out the year. Looking forward to catching up with Sterling. Also, at 35 past the hour, because it is the fourth Tuesday of the month, we will be joined by the creator of DerekRiches.com. Derek Riches joins us, and we'll talk about 2020 closing and the trends that happened during the course of these past 12 months. We'll also do a little prognostication as we look into the goings-on of a 2021. So we'll see what happens there. If you weren't getting my audio, I just found something that was a little weird. But hopefully I've corrected that for you. Maybe you didn't notice at all. That's fine. So Derek and I will be whooping it up 35 past the first hour, and that'll take us to the top of the second, where we will promo the best of. Also, in the second hour, and for the balance of the second hour, you will find the Embedded Correspondence, and we have a special Embedded Correspondence segment this evening where we, that being John and Doug and Rusty and me, myself. Hey, you want to go for a sleigh ride, everybody? Yeah! Come on, everybody! Let's go to McGregor Hill and slay down! We're going to be doing a best, best moments contest of 2020. What does that mean? That means... We have been diligently pulling what we feel were some of the best audio clips and moments of the show. We've staged those up. I will be firing those off. We'll be talking about them all the while raiding and reliving and arguing. And hopefully by the end of the second hour, we will have come up with a best, best moment that gives signature to the year 2020. Excuse me as I'm choking. So that's what you have to look forward. Perhaps it will help you recall what a magical show year it was in 2020. It's going to be great. And then to promo next week's show, we're going to be doing a chronological recap of the show from January to the end of the year. Uh, Same guys, embedded correspondents, or as many will show up. You're obviously included to take part as well. Just talk about the moments of the show as they transpired from month to month. It'll be great. So there you go. Sterling Ball, Derek Rich's first hour, bedded correspondence segment, second hour, and your phone calls and emails sprinkled in as you see fit and as I see fit. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. Facebook and Twitch can be found slash BBQ Central Show and on the tubes slash RD Rempy. Listener feedback and emails as we rummage through the listener feedback bag. Carson in North Dakota writes, Greg, I'm catching up on some podcasts and wanted to say how much I enjoyed the Bad Jew interview. Rebecca King was a great guest. Sounds really fun. Didn't know anything about her until I heard her on your show. By the way, I started following her on social to watch her progress. Well, there you go, Carson. You're welcome. As you would notice... I have uh, some bad Jew gear on. I have the long sleeve tee. 
And uh, just to show you, I'll show you the back quickly. For podcasters, you'll have to go back and look at the video. I'm no model, of course, but you have the big Badju logo, of course, which looks a little something like that. So I haven't figured out where I'm going to put that sticker. If I had a real toolbox, I'd put it on my toolbox, but we all know I'm not very handy. Now, to the extent that Carson brings up Rebecca King, the bad Jew, I want to go ahead on record and make a plea to each and every one of you that if you have a Instagram or Twitter, but I would say Instagram more because she's heavy on Instagram, taking shots of her sandwiches and so forth. She is making a plea, as you heard on the show, for Porkstrami, so much so that she wants to trademark the name. However, it appears that, and I use this term loosely, restaurant juggernaut Tony Roma's already has Porkstrami trademarked. So let's help a fellow barbecue sister out and see if we can't leverage Tony Roma's to actually gift her the trademark. That's right, not sell, but gift her the trademark as we are in the midst of the giving season. We just finished Hanukkah last Thursday. Rebecca was celebrating that glorious eight-day holiday for the Jewish folks that celebrate that. She does. I saw it on her Instagram. But here we are days away from Christmas. And what could be a better late Hanukkah gift and early and or on-time Christmas gift than Tony Romas saying, you know what? We're not doing anything with the trademark on pork strami. We're barely existing. We're a laughing stock of culinary delight. <laughs> and we can do something positive in 2020 by giving Rebecca King, the bad Jew, the trademark on pork strop. So I implore you, get on your Instagrams and start following Tony Romas. They're at Tony Romas as it sounds and spells. And then direct message them and make your own posts in your Instagram story saying, Hey, Tony Romas, how about gifting your trademark for pork strami to our fellow barbecue sister, Rebecca King? She is indeed the preeminent authority on pork strami. I don't know anybody that was doing pork strami before Rebecca was. So why not give her the gift of trademark for free pork strami stuff. Let's do that. Can we do that together? I've done it a number of times. I'd like everybody else to get after it. It's my request for gift. Besides, fellow Clevelander, maybe some of you were like, you're pretty hyped up on the bad Jew. I just like the name and fellow Clevelander, so you know I got to get behind it. I'm a champion of Clevelanders. Pork Strami. Nobody's saying that except her. Give her the trademark already. Let's do this. Too bad we ran out of time so I could warn you about tiger meat sandwiches. What? But maybe next week. Wisconsin, you're safe for another week. Sterling Ball is coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. 
I was just following Bob the other day, and he is making heaps and heaps of beef jerky. Like, tons of beef jerky. How is he doing that? He's doing it on all of the Barbecue Guru gear, of course. Yes, spices, the cookers, the automatic pit temperature control devices. They're the creators of all of this stuff. So why wouldn't you give them first consideration when you're in the market for cabinet-style cooker or a ceramic-style cooker or, of course, automatic pit temperature control devices? The two new ones earlier in the year were the DynaQ and the NanaQ. So depending on you know what you are looking for from a technological standpoint... The DynaQ is the one that's taking over for that Pro-Q, which is more like the cruise control for the pit. If you want the higher level tech, then NanaQ is something you're going to want to check out. But regardless, if you have questions, uh, please call and ask them so you know exactly what to get right from Jump Street. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. You can also visit the website, bbqguru.com. And they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Plus, they have lovely accessories. The rib ring, for instance, if you have one of those ceramic cookers, you definitely want to get one of those. It'll increase your rib capacity by double. You can get six racks of ribs in that. St. Louis style, by the way. So if that's your bag, check them out. Again, 800-288-GURU. Or please, please visit their website at bbqguru.com The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with Sterling Ball right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Butcher Barbecue always, always trust your butcher. All right, joining me now is the pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, the owner of the website Big Papa Smokers, and all-around great guy. We race to the hotline, and welcome back Sterling Ball to the show. Hey, Sterling. How are you, Greg? I am absolutely fabulous, Sterling. Appreciate you making time. Do you believe, Sterling, that uh, this coming February, I will have been doing this show for 13 years live? Can you believe it? Well, you know what? It's really been fun watching. Well, I appreciate you saying. Hopefully, I've gotten better over the years. (laughs) Oh, so so much better. Hey, I wanted to start here this evening. I don't know how frequently you get to catch up on the show or if you're a regular listener, what have you. I don't want to assume that you are for fear that my ego might get kicked in the balls. However, 
A few months ago, I had Rod Gray on. He made it into the Guest Hall of Fame this year, class of 2021 of five. And within our conversation of catching up, he, I don't know if I would say went out of his way, but he did certainly not shy away from talking about the Barbecue Hall of Fame and its originations and specifically brought your name up and this is something I've known about for years, and I've really never broached the subject uh, with you because you weren't overly excited about having a light shown, and I didn't want to step on any toes. But he decided to, to bring it out. So I wanted to, first of all, say, you know, finally, congratulations that this news is out. But what did you think about uh, how this whole thing went down? <laughs> and uh, as you recall, this being introduced, and, and, or, or where did the brainchild come from for Barbecue Hall of Fame for you? Well, first of all, Hog Eyes had the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Rod had called me and said, uh, we need a band for the American Royal. The second night, I said, look, they're going to be one and done. You can't get the same people to come back. And I said, I'll come up with an idea. And he goes, well, when? I said, call me tomorrow. And uh, I, just, I got the idea that the competition barbecue needed a Hall of Fame. And you know, if you look at where it could be, it could be at the Jack, it could be at the Royal, it could be um, at Memphis and May. And at the time, you know, Kemper Arena was, looked like a permanent site. So right. I wrote a little business plan on having the American Royal being the, the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I came up with the Black Apron and uh, the three categories. And I sort of knew I was in trouble because this is 2012, the first year, and I'd we had fortunately won the Royal. We went to the black uh, apron party. And when we went walking out to the stage with all the people who put it together, uh, they told me I'd have to sit out front. So I realized that they probably didn't know, but I really appreciate Rod doing it. That was very nice. And it's interesting watching how it's morphed because, and I know that you've asked people if they know the origins of the hall of fame, but, yeah. and you're kind of asking them a trick question and they don't, but, you know, it, look, it's still a great thing. Uh, I don't know that Competition Barbecue is going to get any love for it until they cover uh, other people, but I don't think they really knew what the mindset or thought or plan was behind it. Was the concept then, if I'm hearing what you're saying properly, was it more of a competition Hall of Fame and then somehow it just got turned into a general barbecue Hall of Fame? Well, it was a competition Hall of Fame, but there was, an, there was a, a, a media category and the idea there was to try and leverage a celebrity to to talk about it and and uh you know guy fieri i know you and i always talk about it i really do like the fact that guy fieri's went raised 21 and a half million dollars for independent restaurants this year um but you know Don't guy lie. gave us a lot of media guy came back for free um and then an, an industry icon the first one was was henry ford and you know we were able to get money from them too so usually when the industry person got it, they wrote a check. So how do you see it now? Is it something, uh, you know, when I was, uh, you know, I brought up the whole Guy Fieri thing with Rod. Uh, he was very adamant about saying that that was uh, still a move that is paying dividends to this day. I question that uh, wholeheartedly. And my deal was this. I, I think there is a little bit of a misconception that I don't like Guy or that I am out for him which is completely wrong. I love him. I watch all of his shows. I'm a super fan of him. But when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I just don't personally think that he should be in there. I could make an argument for 15 other people. Uh, 
Not as popular. Well, Certainly, uh, I understand you, the eyeballs and all of that stuff. But from a fabric of Hall of Fame, I just think that it, it pulls. But he maintained he should be in there, and it's still paying dividends to this day. Do you think that's the case? Okay, could you ask the question again? Should, should he be in there? <laughs> no, you asked me how I felt about it first, uh, the way it's gone, and I, I think the word that comes to mind is unobtainium. Uh, look, I'm not. We've argued this too many times. I think that you know Guy Fieri filled a role, and and I I think it was still a good idea. Maybe maybe even looking back on it better than the second inductee in that category. <laughs> what do you know? Do you know anything about that? No, Nothing? no. I just know that it's it's an interesting thing, and. Yeah. You know, we're, we're obviously talking about Adam Perry Lang and being the chef for um, Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know anything about yeah. it. I didn't see. I didn't see anything. Yes, well, that seems to be a common theme as I uh, start to dig into all of that. Nobody sees anything, and we'll leave it there for now and move ahead. Let's talk about. Well, let's always let's let's always give the benefit of the doubt too until we find out. Absolutely, that's why we're doing due diligence and we're leaving it here for now, as I said. So, you know, 2020 was a crazy year, of course. Um, you know, just as somebody who likes to cook, you're a fan of cooking. Uh, if you if you are lucky enough to follow you on Instagram, you're cooking some of the best looking food out there. Uh, not doing crazy filters and all that BS, but just good pictures of the food you are cooking. What did you see trend-wise this year that you thought really hit the mark or came out of nowhere that everybody loved? Well, I think that 2020 was really the maturation of the uh, influencer. And uh, there's, you know, when I started 11 years ago making videos for barbecue and the deals I did with companies, it was more as an ambassador. And I think that that's somebody who's more really very committed and and maybe involved on a corporate level, uh, visiting customers, visiting culinary development. So there's a difference between the two. I like anything that motivates people to cook or think about cooking. And I really like it when they want to buy rubs. But I think that the, the, the influencer really did, and I think that uh, the, a lot of the influencers didn't come from competition barbecue anymore. And I think a lot of it is that a lot of the brands realize the power of Instagram and um they hire agencies, and agencies select uh, people that meet their metrics, which are usually based on likes. And there's some really, really, really good ones out there. I mean, um, Derek down in Nashville, I think, is really clever and really a good cook. Would we think, but, I mean, I could you think? People, uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I also, though, there's people who have been doing it forever, like Diva, for example, and I think she's just killing it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think Malcolm, Malcolm's so accessible, so good, and, you know, I, but every competition barbecue cook I know has cooked his pastrami. I mean, I love Malcolm Reed. I think he's done a, a great job for barbecue. When you look into 2021, it's just around the corner. Are there... Any things from a trend standpoint that you see picking up and catching steam over the course of the first six months or a year? Well, I think it's more of the live fire. I think uh, fascinates people. But on the other side, um, the exponential growth of Traeger, which Traeger's had, the, I mean, I consider myself a marketing guy in the music business that have done per- okay. Yeah. Um, 
Prager's done the best marketing I've ever seen in this sector. I think Prager has grown so many cooks for our industry. And then Prager's, um, all of Prager's ambassadors are good. But, you know, I tell people that can't afford a Mac, the best color grow in my mind, buy the Prager. And if you're just starting, the 575. And that app is unbelievable. And you got instant success. Uh, do you think? And like I said, they're influencers. Look at Matt Church, he kills it. Matt, uh, me church, I mean, sorry. Do you think that if you are getting a pellet cooker right off the bat, are you missing out on some kind of a romance with learning how to build a, a, a real fire and maintaining that to some degree? Okay, here's what I think about it. I think anybody who's cooking outside, whether it's on pellets or not, and Greg, my first cooker was a, was a Traeger. Really? And it wasn't near as good as the ones they're producing now. And that, and that got me fascinated. I don't think it's right for anybody, especially somebody who's been it for a while, to say that, that whatever sequence people use in their um, journey to outdoor cooking is right or wrong. The only thing I would say is go crazy, cook everything on that. And if you're still interested, learn about fire, learn about involving your senses, uh, think about feel more than temperature and all that. But, you know, right. If you're, if you're happy and you're cooking good food and your friends and neighbors love it, I think that's awesome. But, um, the certain percentage will decide that, Hey, maybe a drum's next or maybe an offset. And so I think it, they do a great job of growing cooks. And even if, even if the people stay and just stay within the trigger brand, it's still cooking outside. You'd mentioned, and I'm not being political there. I'm not being political. I'm telling the truth. But I do believe it is also fun to learn the rules so you can break them. But if you don't, who cares? You're cooking outside. So you have an interesting perspective here, especially from a business standpoint. You're somebody that is into canned cooking, obviously. You also retail pellet cookers on your website. Uh, it has been long mm-hmm. talked about the continued rise of pellet cookers in the marketplace, especially for those in the backyard. Uh, can cooking is also something that continues, or barrel cooking continues to rise in popularity. Do you see pellets continuing to lead that market? Will cans start to take over? Will it even out? How do you see it going into 2021? Well, you know, first of all, Weber Kettle probably needs a, a, a big shout out there because I tell people when they start, uh, I have a friend that got a pellet cooker, what should I get next? I said, a Weber Kettle. Yeah. He said, are you crazy? I said, no, because if you can cook on a Weber Kettle, you can cook on anything. And they're fabulous. But I think Traeger, I mean, listen, they should be rewarded for what they're doing. And the people that are kind of snarky about pellets or Traeger or country of origin need to realize that man, they're provi- they're getting people interested that wouldn't normally. You guys like Joe Rogan, and, and, and so it's very good for our industry, I think. Uh, all right, so let's switch gears here just for a second. Uh, obviously, as I had mentioned in the open, you're one of the most prolific and successful competition cooks here in the last uh, 10, 11 years or so. Um, how does a... There, there was not a lot of cooking for you in 2020, correct? And the sad part is I got off to just a crazy good start. I think I won three out of five or something and then went on ice. It was, it was, it was, I mean, I thought, well, maybe I'll cook a lot this year. Who knows? And then COVID, which I got, um, kind of changed that. Uh, how do you, how are you forecasting 2021? Is it wait and see still, uh, or, or maybe like nothing until summer? What do you think? 
Well, I don't think I'm going to have anything in California until the summer, and I'll probably cook a couple. But to be honest with you, Greg, anytime something lets something lets go of you, and you got to fill the time. Sometimes you end up liking the time, and I've really enjoyed um, a lot of family time, a lot of beach time, and a lot of cooking. I've been cooking on uh, the Twin Eagles gas grill. I've been cooking on uh, the Mac. I've been cooking on my drum, some M grill stuff. And um, what's funny is people don't know I only have 200 followers on my Instagram because I only actually legitimately have friends, but that's where most of my food gets posted. So Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of funny. And then your and Jesse in the office um, take the stuff they like and put on big pop smokers. When you look I, at, but I have three, hold on, I have three paws in the coffin. I'm probably done. <laughs> do, do, okay. you a, do you have a do you have a timetable? You know, it, it just depends because you know the, the thing is everybody has a run. I cooked 230 contests. I really liked most of it. I wish there was a little less. Bitterness, I think that's heard a lot. Uh, you know, I said this years ago on your on your show that hey, the first thing agencies do is go to social media and look at it, and we're always in fights over stupid things. Yeah, influencers are nothing but positive, and and um, you know, competition barbecue is less relevant. And you know, I don't look. I like anything that grows grows the avocation. I can't call it a sport. So. I'm not being Teflon. I'm really not. I mean, like I influencers are doing a better job of telling the story and motivating people to cook. Who knows how many people cook? Who knows whether it's just food porn, <laughs> but the, the more posts you see, the better. Sterling, if I can hearken you back here these next couple minutes and talk about two events that as they were rolled out, they received their fair, well, unfair share of criticism. One was King of the Smokers. And the other one is the guinea pig. Let's start with King of the Smokers first. You know, as you look back over those uh, nine years of doing it or, or whatever it was, uh, what was the evolution arc for you? Like, how did you remember it those first couple of years? And then how do you remember it ending up? The, the first of it was trying to get the attention of, 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 and the idea was that I never said it was the top 24 in KCBS. I said it was, it was um, legends. It was up and comers. It was people who couldn't cook a lot of contests. And, you know, I picked teams in the first years. They hated my teams. Some of them I might have not done a good job at. I think towards the end got pretty good. I think a lot of people don't realize that there were some very high-profile pitmasters that were part of my cabinet. And I would never name or let that out, Darren or Blaine. Right. <laughs> or Rod before that. So, no, but, I mean, it, there were, it had to be um, – Chemistry amongst the cooks was so important because it was 10 by 10, 10 with the 10 by 10 for your cooker and everybody's jammed together. So, I mean, somebody could have been a great cook, but not necessarily won any popularity awards. They probably didn't get invited. The, the problem with me that took me by surprise is I was, I was investing over a hundred thousand dollars to do this and I did it for seven years. And, um, you know, maybe some of the ways I did it caused that, but I don't think so. Everybody is so quick to attack, and that it wasn't rewarding. And in the end, I ended it because I was getting less and less social media, which was my only currency that I could earn from it. And uh, I'm not throwing stones, but some of the people might not have thought it was as important. Same thing happened with the guinea pig. Uh, and we lost you know, our main sponsor, which, and I wasn't willing at that point 
to put more money in it. Yeah. And plus, look, at you can't talk about King of the Smokers without talking about Jesse Corbin, James Perez, and Jody Clark. The three J's, and then the rest of the, it really was all the Ernie Ball team that just busted their ass. It was never in, it was branded trash cans. Everybody was branded the same. There was um, never a half-full trash can. We fed them the best we possibly could. And if you look now, people are really nostalgic about it. Yes. But, you know, I'm not sure you're ever going to find somebody that's going to put $700,000 into barbecue. On the other side, I did guinea pig is kind of a, an every man's cost controlled uh, level. The playing field never said anything other than that. And um, sorry, guitar sales coming in. No, <laughs> it's my Thai food. Um, <laughs> no, but I never said anything. But I, you know, look at there was a thread just recently about the guinea pig, and people, really good cooks, were still saying, "Oh, you know, it's." You still, you know, the meat draw is too random, and we bust our ass on that meat draw. And you know what? If there wasn't COVID, I probably would have skipped it this year, <laughs> just based on that thread. I just, I'd had enough of it. You know, I just, I mean, I didn't take another contest away. If you didn't want to cook it, and a lot of the people that had the opinion in that particular thread have never cooked it. Right. Some of them have cooked it, complained about their meat, and then won the category. So. I, the little snarkiness in barbecue probably cost him the guinea pig. The uh, king of the smoker was a different deal. Yeah, uh, that that really needed also in addition to the money I put in, it needed um, uh, it it needed uh, a, a sponsor. You know, I may do something uh, next year with Tyson. Who knows? I mean, we've certainly talked about it. All right. Well, maybe so, maybe we're on the low, or as the kids say, low key breaking some news here. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, Sterling is over at BigPapaSmokers.com. He's the pit master of BigPapaSmokers.com. He wins a lot. He's really good. And if you're lucky enough to follow him on Instagram, he is cooking great food and taking great pictures. And it's all him and delicious. Uh, Sterling, I can't uh, thank well, you enough. Oh, Go ahead. I know, but Greg, yes. happy holidays. And you know, you also want to point out that from time to time, I'm a personal coach. Yes. Well, uh, I was going to, uh, I didn't know if that was like something we're supposed to talk about or not. It's funny. It's, yeah. It's, it's I mean, look, at, I don't, I want to make sure that I give a shout out to one of the best products of last year. And that's Matt, Matt's, um, urban slicer pizza products. The sauce is crazy. Oh my I, God, I so don't good. make them traditionally. I make them in a cast iron pan. And well, uh, that's what you cooked the other I night, took right? Your, I took your advice the other night. Actually, we're turning it right around and doing it again Thursday. They were so good. Uh, for Christmas Eve, we're doing uh, another round of steak, and we're doing uh, four cast iron pies. I'm actually going out to buy another cast iron pan tomorrow, so I am uh, ready to go so I can make double the amount at the same time. So it was great. You know, for all the people, I know you got to get rid of me. For all the cast iron people, it's so versatile. I do my turkey. I do whole chickens. I part them. It's it's really capable of more than than a ribeye, uh, rosemary, garlic, and butter, which is fine. But I probably saw that a lot this year. Uh, maybe too much. Here's I think something different. Yeah, no doubt. Let's try something. I'll, different. I'll leave. I'll leave that to you. Sterling, always appreciate the time. I uh, most importantly appreciate the friendship and uh, support of the show. Uh, always great talking with you, and we'll talk to you again soon. 
Did I maintain my Hall of Fame status tonight? Because last time I know I was a little edgy. 100%. You have now been right, thank a, you're you, a lifetime member. All right. Thanks, Sterling. There you go. A- Sterling Balls. Happy from, holidays. Happy holidays, too. my friend. Thank you very much. There he is from Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball. Right there. Yeah. He's a pretty good cook. Pretty good cook. Oh, I just closed down the phone lines. I have just reopened the phone lines. There we go. Derek Riches is in the green room. He's ready to rock and roll. We'll get to him here in just a second. We'll talk too quickly about Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Quality. Quality cookers. And choice of cookers. So, if you're somebody that is not all down with the... Like me. I don't need... I don't need Wi-Fi technology. I don't need internal meat probes. I have a fireboard. So I can save a couple bucks. I can get what is called the choice line. And I'm ready to rock. The size is the same as a prime line. Same capacity. Just little short on the features. But if you're okay with that, you can save some bucks. Now, if you feel like you need app connectivity, if you need Wi-Fi connectivity, if you need internal meat probes, if you want peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper, all prime line features right there. More robust build. You got a little storage rack underneath. You got the tray up in the front. All great stuff. Couple more extra bucks. No problem. Now, either the prime or the choice will accommodate that pizza oven insert. So while I am going cast iron on New Year, or I'm sorry, on Christmas Eve for another round of pizzas, I can do pizza oven insert if I want to. We'll see how it goes. It's supposed to be tremendously bad weather coming up uh, through Christmas Eve and into Christmas Day. Lots of snow promised here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city and Lake Effect, too, on Christmas Day. If you have any questions about Green Mountain Grills, you go to the website, greenmountaingrills.com, and then if you want to buy, you find where the nearest dealer is to you. And away you go. Go to the dealer, have a conversation. They'll tell you everything you need to know. They'll educate you. You buy the unit. You take it home. You're ready to rock and roll. Success right off the bat. And again, if you're there at the dealer, ask them if they have the pizza oven insert and just get it. Much like I tell people to get a vacuum food saver type thing when they get their first barbecue pit. You get a Green Mountain Grill. You have to get the pizza oven insert. And by the way, if you have other pellet cookers, Meathead has said that it will fit a lot of other cookers as well. Do a little measuring, but it will fit a lot of other cookers as well. So go to GreenMountainGrills.com and see what they have. We are back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, as we were just talking about a pellet cooker there being Green Mountain Grills. If you want to fire that, go ahead and get Cooking Pellets, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase and see what other products they have. You can also visit Amazon.com and purchase there as well. You can also check out CB's podcast, the Cooking Pellets podcast. A little sporadic on episodes, but whatever. Hey, it's the first. 
it's the it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to go to the hotline and welcome in the most respected barbecue journalist in the world, Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I am fabulous. Appreciate you making time as we are closing out 2020. And, and you can hear me. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to, you know, I, I was just hoping we'd just roll <laughs> into it without saying, hey, we've managed a technical uh, hurdle that we haven't been able to clear the last couple times. But you are, uh, as they say in the trucking world, loud and proud and uh, treetop tall. Did you know that? You're a trucker? No, I don't. Not, you no, monitor, not do you monitor Channel 19 rolling down the highway? No. All right. No. Here we go. Trivia question for five Uh-oh. crisp dollars. Uh-oh. What is the code chicken coop referred to? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Oh, no come idea. on, Derek. Of course. It's the way station. That's the chicken coop. Hey, my dad had a CB back in the 70s, yes. and that's the last time I heard any of that. All right. Well, I'm in the trucking industry, so unfortunately, I have to yeah. know that rigmarole uh, just in case I ever get a hold of somebody. Nevertheless, we are here to close out 2020. You know, when you look back on this year, which has felt like five years at this point. It seems I, like it. Kind of. Like, I remember when it was March, and part of me is like, man, we got to December pretty quick, but then... I'm like, God, it seems like it really did take five years to go nine months. Uh, how, how, what's your general thought? We don't have to talk about the, the food stuff and trends and stuff yet, but just the general high-level thought of, of 2020 and how this might rank in your years of life. It's probably in the bottom five, I would have to say. It, it, it's been largely a blur. I mean, you know, I, I've worked from home for... 20 years so you know from that standpoint it doesn't it hasn't had a big effect but you know i did have a lot of travel plan this year that spent a lot of time rescheduling and then canceling and then doing all that so i'm looking forward to things being a little bit more normal when you look at this year from a trends standpoint uh, what did you think broke out as a star maybe something that came out of left field and and what do you think perhaps uh, not more importantly but um from a different side of the coin something that was maybe gaining steam as the year turned and then really caught fire through some portion of this year you know it's as far as like new products it's been kind of a disappointing year i think uh there's been a lot of kind of bad drops in some uh in from some companies like bad offerings uh, or just not a lot of product offerings. Well, not, a, not necessarily a lot of, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of prop uh, offerings, but you know, some of those that have come out just didn't go terribly well, you know, um, like what, I, like smoke fire certainly was not <laughs> a very good rollout. That's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, Kevin Coleman was supposed to be the lead segment and, uh, he has some uh, COVID. I don't know if it was him specifically, but there's some kind of COVID going around his family. So he had to, uh, tend to some healthcare uh, items, so he had to bow out, which is uh, totally fine. But one of my lead questions was going to be: it sounds very callous, but as you had mentioned, Smokefire was literally on fire for those yeah. first, you know, two months of the year. It was hyped. It was finally released, and then you know, people were talking about it's catching on fire. This thing's a piece. It should be recalled. 
There's free ones being returned to Lowe's. They're just in the back by the dumpster. Go get them. Everything was flying everywhere. And then COVID hit, and you never heard about it. It's like the breaking news story, and then an incredible tragedy happens the next day, and whatever was big news the day before, it's like you never hear about it again. Is COVID the best thing that happened to to Smokefire? (laughs) It might be. I don't know. I mean, you know, now there's issues that the fire pots are melting out. So I haven't I haven't uh, heard that. Yeah, no, they've had problems with that. Apparently, a lot of people have having problems with fire pots melting out after, you know, several months of usage. And those parts are now being replaced. (laughs) Uh, I've heard some hints that basically right now they're at a wash with the replacement parts and and then the units being returned. So that's not good. And, you know, on top of that, they're kind of re-releasing the um, yeah, Summit the, Charcoal yeah, Grill. as the uh, Kamado. As the Summit Kamado. Yeah. And they sent out a number of demo units and some people, you know, to some select group and some in in some test markets and some stuff like that and the legs fell off so but this is the this is the weber charcoal summit grill that's just being renamed right or has there been physical modifications design change there's been some design changes to reduce its well let's just say its costs have been cut and its weight has been dropped Mm -hmm. a bit in some area, you know, largely just in the in in the legs and the way it kind yeah. of sits together. Well, that was going to be the topic of conversation with Kevin because I had seen uh, a, a new name getting thrown around, and I was like, "Wow, that looks a lot like the Weber Summit." And so yeah. I had text there, or I had text Kevin and said, "Hey, you want to come on?" Is it now? He had hinted that it was merely uh, like a, a name change, and that there wasn't anything physical that was happening to that. Maybe he would have. Uh, clarified that a little bit and uh, we'll look to have him on after the turn of the year here and uh, everything gets healthy eyes in his family and uh, so we hopefully that happens quickly sooner than later but uh, it, it for, what seems odd to me in that regard is I remember having Kevin on talking about this particular unit and how mm-hmm. everybody was leveling it as being some kind of a competitor to a Kamado style cooker or the Kamado killer or whatever. And he said, no, yeah. no, no, that's, that's exactly not what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. It's a different thing altogether. And it's more Weber than anything ceramic or Kamado based. And now fast forward here to the end of the year and they're going to put the name Kamado in it. Is that more just for marketing? Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, when they first came out, it was very much, this is not a Kamado grill. Like there was a negative connotation they were trying to avoid or just didn't want that comparison made. And now I, and I understand that. I don't have any problem with that. If that's the avenue yeah, you want to take, that's fine. But then it would seem weird when you diverge right into the name Kamado at that point. Yeah, and I don't know exactly where that came through. Maybe they felt that the marketing on it wasn't very strong. There has been some personnel change on that side of the Weber team. So uh, there has been kind of a change up in, the, in some management positions. So I don't know if, you know, where they're trying to go with that, but it does seem like they want to kind of reintroduce and kind of pursue it more in that name, in that idea that this is the, the great Kamado killer, um, which I still think people are going to, by and large, go, now it's very different. Uh, What else in 2020 
caught your eye from a trend standpoint? Uh, and it can be food too. I mean, you're a, you're a, a established cook as well. Well, I think, you know, just the year itself kind of changed the way we eat and the way we cook. And, and I, there's been a lot of people kind of exploring, uh, a lot of people getting into outdoor cooking that hadn't really been there before. So, you know, I think there's kind of a, a growth in the market space. Uh, I think there's a lot more interest going on, uh, but also kind of a lot of uh, a back to basic sort of mentality. A lot of people have really been pushing, you know, to kind of take it back to their childhood or go back to the things that they used to really like, you know, um, People always talk about, um, you know, 2020 and, and all the sourdough thing. But really what that was, was kind of people getting into the craft of cooking a little bit more. And, you know, so I, I think from that standpoint, that's kind of really the big takeaway for the year is that uh, people want to just get back to the things that they're familiar to and kind of explore that more. Um so, you know, grill sales appear to be good for most companies. I think there's a few that had some hiccups during the year, but uh, I think it's been a, you know, it's been a strong year. And, and I think that there's going to be a strong a push to try and kind of nail all that down as we go forward. Do you think from a consumer's standpoint that the trend of cooking at home will uh, continue? I mean, obviously, uh, I we're hoping that there's some return to normalcy. I mean, that's a, a moving goalpost as well at this point. But, yeah. you know, a vaccine is out. Uh, who knows how that rolls out? Who knows how that takes or who's going to take blah, 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 blah. So within that time, do you foresee a trend of staying and cooking at home? Is this uh, something that manufacturers and other accessory makers can count on, you know, some sales at least for the first six months that maybe they wouldn't under normal conditions? I, you know, I don't know how the sales are going to really run out because it's a question of, you know, how big does, can the market space get? Uh, a lot of people have bought, so they have, you know, their, their owners now. Maybe the accessory market will work out really well. We do kind of have to anticipate that there's going to be a good block of months in 21 that these things aren't really going to change. And, you know, you, you, at that standpoint of kind of like, well, you know, this is a new normal for more than a year. It's it changes habits. So uh, the way people shop and whether or not they go out to restaurants and are they going to be more? Hey, I just I'm going to cook at home or you know those sort of aspects. I think that there is going to be a little bit more change in that direction. I'm just going to kind of have to wait and see if you know these habits stick going forward. What do you think in 2021, aside from what we just talked about, are there any trends that you're predicting or that you're seeing on the come here in 2021, regardless of the health situation that we're in? Well, I mean, I've had a, I've had a few conversations with some people, you know, in, in, in some media spaces and um, what they're really looking at, <clears throat> you know, as far as next year, cause you know, print right now is, print magazines and books they're already working on next summer uh for them it's a lot of uh more historical a lot more uh, authentic uh, a lot more skill-based cooking so um the stuff that they're kind of really looking at it's like yeah pellets are 
pellet grills are grills and smokers are a really big thing, but we've talked that up as far as we're going to talk it. So going forward, I think that a lot, at least the media coverage is going to be more based in kind of a more old school type of cooking. I mean, if, if, you know, you want to kind of stay on top of where the media is going to be, that's kind of the side it's going to be on. Um, particularly kind of a more diversified historical cooking, uh, kind of a broader perspective and ethnic foods and, you know, global food. So, I mean, that's just kind of the conversations that I've been kind of picking up on and seeing what people have been, um, you know, looking for, you know, for 21. Do you think Picanha is going to be a big hit? Like it was, it made a splash maybe a year and a half ago and then maybe it fizzled out, but I'm seeing it back on the come. Is that going to be a, a quarter, the first quarter popular thing? Uh, I think that's just one of those things that kind of rolls through every once in a while. It pops up for uh, a couple of months and then it fades back out again. Meet the new Picanha, same as the old Picanha? Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, I mean, anytime someone comes back and says, you know, oh, this cut of meat or this recipe, this is the thing. It's like, yeah, people try it once or twice, but they're done. You know, unless it is just earth shatteringly different. It's not going to stick around. Um, so, you know, those are just fads that pop up. And Did you get into the bacon Oreo fad? No. <laughs> no? All right. Fine. I think we're the only two that didn't. I think I, I almost missed it, except one of my embedded correspondents brought it up as maybe a, a joke, saying something about uh, bacon and, and Oreos. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he filled me yeah. in. And I was like, wow, that's gross but evidently it was this is one of the reasons i stay off social media as much as i can it was a very it was a, it was a thing man it was a thing yeah okay it's a thing yeah, yeah that's the uh, yeah, you're the journalist thing. you got to cover that you got to have your finger on the pulse and see what's happening right yeah, yeah. i try to look at longer term trends yes and, yes all right you know, um what do you think is going to be the most popular cooker next year is it still going to be pellet cookers <sighs> taking over the industry will we see some type of uh, resurgence in char I mean charcoal has always been a, a popular cooker but will we see that will this be a year of a new charcoal cooker what do you think um you know I'm not seeing anything you know in the pipeline product wise that jumps out and says that there's any innovation there's a lot of replication going on um we do have some interesting legal situations with some pellet cookers because oh. Well, Traeger is making a claim that they have a patent on connectivity. Like Wi-Fi? Uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. Is that thing still going on? Oh they just God. got a patent. They got three patent judges to rule two months ago that, yeah, it seems to be entirely valid. That they invented so, Wi-Fi on cookers? It's The argument isn't that they invented it. The argument is that they are the ones who currently possess the paperwork. Yeah, but, so, but Green Mountain Grills had Wi-Fi connectivity before Traeger even came out with it. Oh yeah, no other com you know several people actually had that sort of. But stuff But because before. Traeger files paperwork, then that's the letter of the law. They're very aggressively pursuing this into the courts. So will they sue? Are they the suing third. Green Mountain Grills? Yeah, they are. really. Again, wow. I know. Yeah, it's uh, so 
if but the thing of it is is that if they can get that win that's the problem and i don't know that they can because honestly when i look at it, it's like this doesn't make a lot of sense but if they were to get that win it's not green mountain grills that are the ones that are necessarily going to be trying to land on it's going to be the bigger deeper pockets and that's going to be for licensing hmm. we own the patent weber you can't do that yeah so yeah pay us a now you yes year. right like traeger used to do with fast eddie cookers uh, back in the day blah 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 yeah wow. yeah yeah wow so well you know i mean i don't know it's it's it, business-wise it's going to be kind of a weird year because i am i am making the predicting prediction that weber sells next year so sells to like to a uh, to an investment company or somebody i don't know oh. uh at this point i'm not entirely certain i mean the private equity firm that has had it has had it way too long yeah and uh they want to divest i mean they just bought whataburger so um uh i they've been making a lot of press move in asia to to get their name recognition strong there so that might be the area they're headed towards i don't know all we'll right have to see how it goes well but. there's a bold prediction here in 2021 from Derek riches so we'll see how that turns out plus i'm anxious to watch some of these litigation movements as we yeah. go into the new year as well the good news is this you can read Derek over derekriches.com each and every day if your heart desires and if you don't desire to do that you can come right here on the fourth tuesday of every month and listen to Derek talk about the latest happenings in the live fire industry. Derek, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we will see you in 2021. Yeah, see you then. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. All right, there he is. Derek Rich is right there. And, like, on the way out, just dropping that nugget of, hey, there's going to be some suing going on and, Law, le legality, man. I'm telling you. No one is safe. <laughs> we are all at risk. I forgot to ask him about the vaccine. Damn it! Derek, are you going to take the vaccine? Everybody on Instant Chat, are you taking the vaccine when it rolls in? Southside Market Barbecue is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated since 1882 for three generations. Original beef sausage is the claim to fame. Coarse ground and a natural pork casing. They also do central, authentic Texas barbecue meats as well. All meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They're shipping nationwide through the online store, southsidemarket.com. If you're a shipping customer, you can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. Mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. Hopefully you did that for this holiday season. I've only been talking about it all year. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and to ease of preparation for your end user customer. Meats are processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. Two, I'm sorry, three restaurants to choose from: Elgin, Texas, since 1882; Bastrop, since 2014, and they also have a location in Austin. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. 10% off coupon code online at SouthsideMarket.com when you use promo code BBQ Central. That's BBQ C E N T R A L. B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, promo code BBQ Central for 10% off your entire order at southsidemarket.com. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour, and then we'll get into the second. 
Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, welcome back. And this segment brought to you by Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive and Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously or simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring so you can go anywhere. Or connect via the red, white, and blue hoo-hoo-tooths for shorter distances. If you have Alexa and the Google's assistance, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can say, hey, hey, Google, tell me the temperature on probe one. Your brisket's at 175. It's in the stall, stupid. I don't know if either of them sound like that. I have neither of them. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Doug, you had asked and I uh, didn't roll over, but Derek's rich. uh, Derek's. uh, Okay. Derek's answer to your what are you sipping is four roses. Say. I don't know why John's picture is up on Derek's uh, thing. That's weird. Nevertheless, four roses is the answer, Doug. Derek, are you taking the vaccine? And is there a full reset? Is that what Robin called it? Full reset? <laughs> I got a ton of email on Robin last week. It was great. All right, thanks again to Derek Riches for joining me last segment, talking about what was happening this year and what he looks forward to in 2021, some litigation and a prediction. Somebody write this down so we can keep track of it. Derek predicts that Weber will sell in 2021 to somebody, some PE, maybe in the Asian market. We'll see. Let's go ahead and wrap the first. We are headed to the second hour, so stick around. We'll be right back.